I'm Katherine Howard with Howard Angus in Henrietta, Texas. You're listening to the latest news in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. It is time for another edition of Texas Ag Today. So jump on in with me. Buckle up. Let's take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. In the news today, dryland cotton in the Texas Panhandle may have a chance now. We got some good rains across the northern Panhandle last week, so it gave us some much-needed moisture to get that dryland crop started. However, those storms did bring more than rain. Some farmers lost a cotton crop thanks to hail. We'll have more on that coming up to kick off today's show. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the piney woods of East Texas to the rocky ranges of the Trans-Pecos and from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. Choosing the right heifers for your herd can pay off during calving season. I'm James Hunt and coming up on Texas Ag Today, we'll get some thoughts on heifer selection from an expert at the Texas Tech Vet School in Amarillo. Avoiding heat stress in the excessive temperatures across Texas. I'm Tom Nicoletti and I'll have a doctor's advice on how to avoid heat stroke and other heat related illnesses on Texas Ag Today. Cotton planters are running across the rolling plains. My son and I used the occasion of first planting day to compare old school with modern technology. Hello, I'm Barry Mahler, and I have the story in today's report. We'll have those stories plus Texas wildlife news and a complete look at the markets all coming up. Last week's rains across the Texas panhandle have given the dryland cotton crop there a chance to get started. Gerald Key with Adobe Walls Gin and Spearman didn't think there would be a dry land crop in his area this year until those rains came last week. The dry land where I would have told you two or three weeks ago we're probably not going to have a dry land crop. A lot of guys dusted that in and this rain, it's coming up, but it's late. So it's still going to need a lot of help before it's ever going to get put in the bale, but at least it's coming up. And Key believes the fate of this crop depends on the heat this month. May was not a real cotton-friendly month. When we had seven days in May of absolutely zero heat units, and then we had five days of over 100, that's extreme weather on a young or planted cotton crop. We didn't get a lot of value out of. And the condition of the crop right now, we've got good stand counts in areas, but it's just kind of sitting there, and this heat is going to make or break it. Key says last week's storms brought some devastating hail that took out some cotton fields, and it's probably too late to replant those. Fighting Huisatch and Mesquite on Texas rangelands is an ongoing battle, but it may be getting a little easier. A new product from Bayer Range and Pasture called Invora is giving ranchers long-term control of Huisatch and Mesquite, and the company is backing up that control with a five-year guarantee called the Rangeview Restoration Pledge. Bayer Range and Pastures' Brian Kane is based here in Texas. 
we've introduced a, a restoration pledge uh, that goes along with the Embora treatment, and, and you must be enrolled in Rangeview to get this. What it does is once you make that enrollment in Rangeview and you do an analysis of the property that you want to treat, you'll get that analysis back. We'll tell you what the density looks like. Once you treat that and you upload those treatment files back into Rangeview, then uh, you're automatically enrolled in our restoration pledge, which is kind of new to the industry on our end, for sure. It's a five-year guarantee. And it basically says we'll keep your mesquite canopy cover less than 5% for five years. And uh, on WESAS, 10% canopy cover for five years. So those are, to my knowledge, unparalleled and uh, really innovative in the marketplace. Kane says you can find more information on the Rangeview Restoration Pledge at rangeview.bayer.us. Registration is now underway for the 68th Annual Texas A&M Beef Cattle Short Course held in College Station. The course is set for August 1st through the 3rd and is the largest beef cattle educational event in the U.S. The three-day event will be held both live and virtual. If you'd like more information, visit beefcattleshortcourse.com. Texas Farm Bureau members get $20 off both the in-person and virtual registrations. Choosing the right heifers for your herd can pay off during calving season. James Hunt has some tips on picking easy calving heifers. Yesterday we began a series on dystocia, which is a sophisticated word for difficult calving. As we continue our discussion, two things to establish are this. The primary reason for a difficult calving situation is a calf that is simply too large for the mother, and most situations where calving difficulties occur involve heifers. So, choosing the right heifers seems a logical way to minimize the potential for dystocia. Dr. Jennifer Kozel is an associate professor of food animal medicine and surgery at the Texas Tech University School of Veterinary Medicine in Amarillo. First thing I like to do when we talk about starting to breed heifers is making sure that heifers are at 65% of their mature cow weight at the time of breeding. So from weaning to the time of breeding, making sure that they have enough average daily gain to meet that benchmark. Dr. Kozel goes on to explain that as you prepare for breeding season, it's a good practice to do reproductive tract scoring. So we're going to go in, measure the uterus and the ovaries and make sure that she is cycling. So that helps us call out any heifers that have abnormal tracts that are likely not going to be good breeders. And at the same time, we can do pelvic tract scoring. Pelvis size scoring is probably the better terminology for that. And so we're going to measure how big that pelvis is. And it's going to help us call out any females that have an abnormally small pelvis or have any abnormalities of the pelvis shape. And so we can call out those females preemptively and help try to decrease the dystocia rate in that herd. Dr. Kozel says regardless of pelvis size, the goal is to have low birth weight calves. More on this topic tomorrow. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. It is hot all across Texas and heat stress can be a very dangerous situation for farmers and ranchers. Tom Nicoletti has more. Well, the summertime temperatures are here earlier than normal in the state of Texas. And to talk more about avoiding uh, heat stress, uh, we have Dr. James Sharp, a Waco physician, in the studio today. And Dr. Sharp, uh, certainly there are warning signs of heat stress and uh, the symptoms that go along with it. Let's uh, talk about that. Yeah, as the temperatures get up in the mid and upper 90s and crossing over into the century mark, it's a good time to 
remember what we mean by heat-related illnesses and uh, some of the symptoms to watch for. The thing about our exposure to heat is that it does put us at risk for muscle cramps, headaches, fatigue, exhaustion. The worst condition is called heat stroke. That actually is so serious, it's life-threatening. So some of these things, you manage them just by pacing your work effort outside. Some of them, though, you really need to seek medical care for. It's true in medicine so many times, the best consideration for us is to try to prevent getting into a condition of heat-related illnesses. So that's partly being aware of what your environment is. And then what might make a particular individual more susceptible to heat-related illnesses? Everyone should be considering how much time they spend out in the sun and in the heat. Everyone should be careful to drink plenty of fluids. But if you happen to be on some blood pressure medications, unfortunately, that increases your risks of heat-related illness. Have an outside job. They're acclimated because they do a heavy labor. The farmers, the ranchers, construction workers, lawn maintenance, you know, they, they do the work during the winter, during the spring, and then summer comes along and the temperatures keep creeping up higher and higher. They're acclimating to this, so they're going to tolerate it much better. That is Waco physician Dr. James Sharp. I'm Tom Nicoletti with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Cotton planters are running across the Texas rolling plains. Barry Mahler has an update from North Central Texas. Well, I'm very happy to report that the cotton planters are rolling, at least in our part of North Texas, and my sources tell me the same is true across a lot of the rolling plains. One sign is that suppliers are scrambling to deliver seed and herbicide. Parts are abundantly flying over the shelves, and, well, the technicians are very busy. So no matter how prepared you are, there's always those first couple of day challenges that arise, but we'll get past it. We upgraded our planter and tractor this year in our family operation, so this always makes it more interesting. New technology is uh, helpful as it is, takes some dialing in and just getting comfortable with. My son was running the planter with me in the, well, actually I was riding in the buddy seat in the tractor. Most newer tractors have what is called a training seat, much safer and more comfortable than a five-gallon bucket. And we began to compare technology in that cab to the tractor that I grew up on. First difference is sitting in a cab that's quiet and comfortable. Well, that's your living room. A little different than the open-top tractor and maybe, well, you might have a buggy-top shade, I guess I should say, might have, if the uh, you know wind wasn't blowing that hard that day to kind of protect you from the sun a little bit. But you pretty much had heat, bugs, dust, and noise. Those were the conditions you spent your days in back in the days. Then there's the auto steer that guides the tractor in a much straighter row than even the best operator can achieve. And while not having to concentrate on that row marker. It's much more relaxing. It lets the operator keep better watch on the job the planter's doing, and it saves seed and chemicals by reducing overlap. Then there's all the monitors, the computer-like monitors in the cab that feed back constant information to the operator, such as total seeds per acre and how much uh, chemical you're putting out, how much uh, fertilizer you're putting out, and it even goes so far as to tell you whether there's good moisture in the row for each of the 16 rows of the planter. And my son asked a question. He said, Dad, without the monitors back in the day, how did you know you were planning right? I said, well, it was pretty simple. We put tape on all the drive shafts so we could see them turning from the seat. And every once in a while, you'd just get out and dig and make sure that the seat was going where you wanted it to be in the ground. And as far 
as uh, determining how much seed you had left? Well, the plastic buckets on the row units, you could see the sunlight to shining through and you knew how much seed was left. So a little bit primitive, but hey, it worked and we got it done. Anyway, the discussion of old versus new could go on for a while. Hey, well, let me just say, new technology or old school, I'm just glad we're planning. Now, if I could just figure out to make that remote technology, handle it from a beach chair somewhere, well, I'd kind of have it made, but well, we're not there quite yet. Reporting from the Tractor Cab, I'm Barry Muller for Texas Ag Today. An assessment that can tell us why certain endangered species prefer one part of the Texas coast over others is wrapping up now. I'm Jessica Dommel, and I'll have more coming up on Texas Ag Today. And high starch diets can lead to inflammation in some horses. Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today. Texas Farm Bureau Insurance has protected fellow Texans with auto, home, health, and life insurance since 1952. With more than 260,000 square miles of land and 27 million people, that's a lot to cover. Whether you're wrangling cattle or wrangling kids, we're proud to protect Texans in all Texan ways of life. Visit Texas Farm Bureau Insurance today at tfbinsurance.com to get insurance for Texans by Texans. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. A recent study by Sam Houston State University shows that high starch diets can lead to inflammation in some horses. Dr. Bob Judd takes a look at the study. It has been shown that high starch meals increase the level of interleukin-1b, which is a potent inflammatory mediator. The horse publication indicated that this study found both overweight and older horses had higher levels of interleukin-1b after consuming diets high in starch. The study involved two trials. In the first trial, researchers divided middle-aged horses into two groups, those with normal weights and those that were overweight. The horses were fed the same diet, including hay and stem-rolled barley. On day 14, they checked blood samples and found overweight horses had an immediate increase in interleukin, while the horses of normal weight only had increases in interleukin after 14 days. Overweight horses were affected the quickest, but even normal horses had some increase in inflammation following high-starch diets. The second trial involved two groups of horses, 12 to 14 years old and 20 to 23 years old. Both groups were fed steam-rolled barley, hay, and a concentrate. After 36 days, blood testing revealed older horses had higher levels of increase interleukin-1b compared to the younger horses. These trials show that older and overweight horses had increased systemic inflammation compared to younger and fit horses. In humans, recent studies have shown that systemic inflammation like that caused by interleukin can cause neuroinflammation like in Alzheimer's disease in people. Because of this study, it is not a good idea to feed overweight or older horses high-starch diets. I'm veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. An assessment that can tell us why certain endangered species prefer one part of the Texas coast over another is wrapping up now. Jessica Dommel has more in today's Wildlife Report. One of the largest regional environmental assessments ever attempted is wrapping up in the Matagorda Bay along the Texas coast. 
Matagorda Bay spans 400 miles of the coast and is home to endangered sea turtles and provides a valuable food source for several species of threatened shorebirds, including endangered whooping cranes. The Center for Sport Fish Science and Conservation and the Texas Comptroller's Natural Resources Program have partnered together for the ecological assessment to develop comprehensive and ecological information and tools for communities. Quentin Hall, Angler Engagement Coordinator and Research Specialist for the Center for Sport Fish Science and Conservation, says world-class sea turtle and avian biologists and marine ecologists are involved in the assessment. So we are specifically looking at West Matagorda Bay, and we are looking pretty much at everything. This is a very, very unique project in the sense that it's a regional scale from the top down, bottom up, side to side. I mean, we're looking at everything from primary production to water quality to how nutrients flow through the system, seagrass bed characteristics, how many oysters are there, what bird species are there. This is a major, major project that the CPA has funded, and it's basically geared towards establishing a baseline for that bay. West Matagorda Bay is really unique on the Texas coast in that it's relatively undeveloped. It supports a lot of endangered species and a lot of species that aren't normally found in other bay systems that they used to be in. The ecological assessment has been underway for the past two and a half years and is winding down now. All said they hope to complete the assessment by the end of the year. We'll have more on this on our next show. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Dole. The markets got off to a rough start on Monday, so how did the follow-through look on Tuesday? Jessica will be back with a complete look at Tuesday's livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. Did you know that one out of every three mouthfuls of food we eat is produced by insect pollination, most of which is done by bees? In fact, bees are vitally important to food production. That's why modern agriculture is working with beekeepers to promote bee health. Ensuring a sustainable food supply requires each of us to play our part in preserving the land and protecting pollinators. This public service announcement is brought to you by Syngenta. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. Cattle traded mixed to lower for much of the day Tuesday as traders remained cautious after declines seen on Monday. Live cattle ended the day higher, though, as demand continues to be good for beef. June live cattle up $1.20 to $135.20. August live cattle up 20 cents to $134.07. August feeder cattle down 2 cents to $171.30. September feeder cattle down 25 cents to $173.35. Boxed beef was lower Tuesday. Choice down 4 cents to $270.50. Select down 30 cents to $247.15. Now let's check those livestock auctions. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. When you hear cattle in the alleyway, that means they sold them in Lexington on Saturday. Russell Heller and family proprietors. Russell, how'd that sale go? Yes, sir. Had a good sale, 1,056 with 149 cows. Walk the pens with us, please. All right. Thinner Packer cows, 30 to 55, and the good cows, 56 to 93. 
on the steering bulkheads, three to four pounds, one twenty to two dollars. Four to five weights, one fifteen to one ninety five. Five to six weights, a dollar ten to one eighty. Six to seven weights, a dollar five to one sixty six. Seven to eight weights, a dollar to one fifty eight. On the heifers, three to four pounds, one fifteen to one eighty five. Four to five weights, one ten to one seventy five. Five to six weights, a dollar five to one sixty. Six to seven weights, a dollar to one forty five. Seven to eight weights, ninety five to one thirty six. How did prices compare to the last week's sale? It was just about the same. Packer cows might have been at a couple of dollars better, but the calves were about steady. What was the condition of the cattle like in comparison? By the cattle, I mean they they have good condition on them right now. Some are thin to medium flesh, but I mean the calves are doing good on the cows. Right right now so it's good all right do you know of anything for this next week's sale russell yes i do i know about 30 wing calves one guy's gonna have and i'm gonna have uh probably 10 cows there'll be five-year-old angus cows bred to brangus bulls uh probably five years old all right good deal we've been with russell heller from lexington livestock commission company they sell every saturday their next saturday sale will be the 18th russell tell everybody how to get a hold of you where they want to buy or sell Yes, sir, you can get me on my cell, and that number is 979-820-7002. Thank you. And, neighbor, thank you, too, for listening to Walking the Pens on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network every Monday through Friday. I put it together for you, and I'll do so tomorrow. Until then, good day to you. June lean hogs up 45 cents to 108.45. July lean hogs down a nickel to 106.62. June class 3 milk down 2 cents to 24.2800 weight. July class 3 milk down 19 cents to 24.2400 weight. As the Dow hit new lows on Tuesday, we saw triple digit losses in the cotton markets. July cotton down 218 points to 143.48. October cotton down 207 points to 127.56. July corn was down one Tuesday to a 768 and a quarter. September corn down one and a quarter to 729 and a half. July hard red wheat down 19 and a half to 1142 and a quarter. September hard red wheat down 19 and a half to 1149 and a quarter. July natural gas closed $1.33 lower Tuesday to 727. August natural gas down $1.34 to 727. July West Texas intermediate crude oil down $3.08 to 1117.85. August crude oil down $2.94 to 115.31. The Dow down 368 points to 30,147. The S&P 500 fell 43 points to 3,700. The NASDAQ was down 74 points to 10,735. Well, that wraps up this look at the markets, and that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. We hope you join us next time for the latest news in Texas agriculture. I'm Jessica Domel, and I hope to see you then. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts. Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.